Welcome to the second season of Youth Theatre Arts Scotland's Spotlight on the Sector. In this episode, White Ass's Lisa Williamson talks to Morn McGeer from Birds of Paradise about accessibility, planning for the future, and working from home. Thanks so much for joining us today. No worries at all. It's really nice to speak to you. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing to hearing all about um, what you've been up to. Um, but I suppose we get to start off with just a wee bit about wee bit about yourself and and where you are, what you what you do, and I think maybe more specifically, I suppose like what you were doing before all of this happened, before we were in lockdown, or well, I suppose we're coming out of lockdown a little bit now. But tell us a wee bit about yourself. Sure, sure. So my name's Morna McGee. I am a freelance theatre maker. I work a lot with people and communities across Scotland. I'm the I'm the development officer for Birds of Paradise Theatre Company. That means that I, I work on all the sort of development projects and mostly I focus on a new project called Bop Young Artists. So I'll often I'll refer to Birds of Paradise as Bop. Bop. Just to just just to let <laughs> audience know in case yeah. they're like, what are you what? talking about? What in Bop? <laughs> yeah. Birds of Paradise Theatre Company are um we are a small touring theatre company based in Glasgow. Scotland. We are, I think at the moment, we're still the only disabled-led theatre company in Scotland, which is a really exciting thing. So we have our, um, our theatre productions course, um, mm-hmm. which we aim to put disabled people's stories and stories about ability at the core of our work, and that is integral to the way Birds of Paradise operates. But as well as our theatre productions, we also have a sort of strand which engages a lot with the wider arts sector and sort of aims to increase awareness and knowledge and offer support to the rest of the industry in relation to disability equality and accessibility. Part of that is our um, youth arts consultants project where we have young people who are involved in the arts and they offer consultancy services to arts organisations regarding accessibility, mm-hmm. which is, is a really exciting thing just to kind of touch on the, the sort of young focused parts of the organisation mm-hmm. um, and then we also have a strand which is focused on development so that primarily at the moment we're kind of focusing a lot of attention on what young artists which is a programme for young emerging artists who identify as being disabled and it's a space for them to come together and collaborate and, and make work. So just before we went into lockdown, which is is really funny because we were, so the Bop Young Artists, they were working on pieces of performance and they were getting ready to present a sort of scratch performance or like a work in progress at Youth Theatre Arts Scotland's National Convention of Youth Drama. I know, gosh, so, (laughs) I know, so close, we were so close. (laughs) I know, and which is, um, really bizarre because we were absolutely at the point where we were getting all of all of our sort of like equipment and props and mm-hmm. like really considering all the tech stuff we were like basically pretty much ready to go and then it was like you know all the stuff in the news was just kind of escalating mm-hmm. and then yeah obviously you know white ass you had to make that um, difficult decision of actually going 
yeah, no, we need to cancel this event for everyone's health and safety, which was was absolutely the the right thing to do. It was just a really funny thing of like that sort of build up and that just like anti-climax right. of going, oh, okay. Absolutely right on the cusp as well for, you know, for yeah. just to give context for those dates, it was literally, you know, the, the convention was supposed to be the Friday the 20th of March. So obviously yes. we, we then went into lockdown, we went into lockdown three days later. So it was lucky, you know, yeah. So we were days before. Totally. It was a really strange kind of feeling mm. and, and moment. Yeah, very odd. Tell us a wee bit about how, how things have been going since then. When we ended up that we found out that DramaCon was cancelled, yeah, we kind of just had to go, oh, okay, everybody go home. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing of trying to then reconnect and check in with people when they've had to go into this lockdown. But when we did kind of get back up and, and running with conversations and we started doing video calls via Zoom, reconnect via emails and we were like actually you know the group of you put a lot of work into this which actually is is called um the working title is locked world oh um which feels very serendipitous it's quite yeah. strange but with the the locked worlds it's it's not um about covid19 it's not about the lockdown at all like even remotely it's more, it was a, a phrase that, um, that one of the young artists used when we were exploring um, ideas to describe their experience of um, being autistic. And they said that they felt sometimes like they were in this, this locked world and that the neurotypical world and non-disabled world was locked for them. And there were ways that they could have keys to get in and out, but there were some doors that just wouldn't budge. And all, uh, the other young artists had a lot of resonance, but in very contrasting ways, um, and some in more similar ways and some in more contrasting ways. But it was really interesting that it definitely evoked a, a response from everyone. So it is about exploring that concept of being with, dealing with this locked, locked yeah. world, and whether, whether that's a sense of feeling locked in, in or locked out or being quite happy being locked because it's your experience and no one can have that. There's a lot of different explorations going on um, within that, but it's just that kind of ironic thing. So did you continue, were they continuing to work on these pieces over Zoom or? Yeah, so we decided that um, what I had said, right, let's keep working on this because mm -hmm. we are in the middle of a project because we do our Bop Young Artists um, runs in a sort of like an, a yearly cycle. Um, and this was actually the first the first ever cycle. So it's like a oh, year wow. um, a year of development and then a sort of a sort of staggered um, exit strategy. But we'll obviously, you know, I've said to to all of the um, the artists that we're currently working with, you know, we'll fingers crossed always be here. You know, we're we're here as a as a support and as um, advocates for you as a as a human and as an artist so we'll we'll always be there but yeah this so the year the year-long process has gone on has ended up going a bit over 
but obviously just because of these extenuating circumstances it's um it's really difficult to just yeah we couldn't possibly just like wrap up the project and just say okay you've put all this work in but now you're not going to get to do the performance but that's your year over bye bye yeah oh gosh like, of course not yeah yeah this this um massive global pandemic's happened but you know your your time's still up so it would just be awful um so i was like well let's let's keep working on it with the view that um that we don't know when we'll get to perform it but but we will at some point and then as as it sort of continued the, the lockdown i was like actually maybe it's worth us considering changing the format of this work mm. so the young artists were quite they were quite excited by that and the yeah the sort of the idea of changing the format and making creating sort of more digital artwork like work which can be experienced digitally and rather than see it as a challenge as many people have have done and, and are continuing to they this group are they're really embracing the opportunities that come along with that which is is really really exciting and they've got they've got some really exciting um ideas in store that are being explored and yeah it's it's brilliant and they're a great bunch i feel really privileged to, to have the chance to work with them we've also just recruited a second cohort like of pop young artists uh-huh we had put a call out we've ended up with recruited five new young artists to be part of a, a second cohort but rather than just putting out a general call out for as we did the first time we just said any disabled young artists who want to get involved want to develop their skills apply and hopefully we'll be able to support you just now and if we can't now hopefully at some point in the future but we decided that actually it would be more beneficial just now how can we how can we use this sort of this digital working this um, this physical separation to shape the work and to to make um, as much of an impact as as possible for people that we're engaging with so we ended up that we decided to do a sort of digital pop young artists so all of the all of the contact will be done digitally with the hope to actually connect with disabled young people who even even if there wasn't a pandemic going on that they would face significant barriers to coming to Glasgow and working with BOP. It's almost opening up that the accessibility even even more so there's probably a host of people who would yeah who the, the barriers are there to come to a space or maybe that's just also not their preferred yeah not the preferred way of working they would rather maybe access access something digitally absolutely and it's um it feels like the whole like the whole world has become very aware of what it's like to actually work from home for it not to be accessible or not possible to go outside and go and engage with other um with other people with other spaces and for many disabled people that is part of our lived experience. It's part of our reality. People are people are noticing that there are actually really huge benefits to working from home. Um, there can be, depending on your personality and and how you how you interact with the world, there can be massive benefits. But it's that awareness that actually a lot of people who are disabled and are working do quite a lot of work from home. 
So, and it's it's really exciting because we've got we're now we're working with young people all over all over the country and with a range of like of very quite complex access requirements, which have meant that they have faced massive barriers to engaging with other work on a physical level. That's that's incredible, and that's that's so exciting as well to be like for the the opportunity that that's offered that's offered BOP in terms of the reach of young people. Yeah, exactly. You'd never you would have never been able to to work with a young person from you know really far away. You know other otherwise. So it's that. Um, yeah, that, as you say, the thing that's come from there is incredible. What have you What have you noticed since you've moved um, Bop Young Artists? Can it be digital working? What have you noticed about the engagement of the young artists during this time? Like you were, we we're going to chat about the the barriers and the opportunities, and I suppose the opportunity is that you can now work with young people from you know distance is not a you know locality is not a it's not a challenge anymore. It's actually, it's really interesting because, I mean, it's stating the obvious, but each and every human being is completely different and unique. And that follows through with them um, when people identify as, as being disabled. Is that, you know, there's, people have different access requirements, they have different identities and different needs. So it's never, it feels like there's, there's never gonna be a sort of general trend of engagement. So with him, some of the young artists are engaging in a much more focused way than they had done when we were meeting in person. But then some of them are finding it quite tricky to be consistent with their engagement, which is is also really interesting because there's a lot of other things going on and there's not a sort of dedicated time and space. Then there are also there are some of the young artists who have become much more comfortable with using technology and they never thought that they would they would use like video call technology it's not something that they were daft about like that they were really interested in beforehand and actually one of the young artists um, parents had um, we were we were in contact they sort of um, helped to structure their young person's schedule in fact he mm -hmm. He, he refers to his mum as his momager. <laughs> Mom. Brilliant. Momager. <laughs> Which is it's hilarious. But she totally is and she's a brilliant manager. Yeah, so she, she was saying to me that actually this, this young person, I say young person, they're a young adult. It's like, yeah, 22 or 23. That actually they have started actually using their email. They only ever had an email address in order to upload content to YouTube. But now they are actually using their email to send emails and be in contact with people, which is, I mean, for some people, it will seem like a really small thing. But for, for his parent, she was saying that it's a, it's a gap in skills that, that has now been, been bridged. And it's a massive deal. Then you've got on the, on the very opposite end of that, there are some of the young artists um, that I've been working with for the past year and I've worked with on other projects for years before that who have not found engaging online accessible and it's been more to do with how they process the world and they're just being that, that barrier where they've just gone, no, actually, I'm not going to engage in this just now and that's my right as, a, as an individual to say, actually, that's not accessible to me and I don't see a workaround, so therefore I'm going to step back. And I totally respect that because I think 
yes, encouraging people to engage with technology is sometimes a good thing, but also I don't have the right to push that on anyone. I mean, I don't think anyone has the right to push a, something on someone and say, oh, we can we can make it, we can make it accessible for you, because sometimes that's just not possible and it's not what that person wants either. Yeah, I've similarly had some young people I work with who are just like, being on a video call is just really anxiety-inducing for me. Like, I just don't, I can't be on this. I, I just don't enjoy it and I don't feel um, engaged with it. And yeah, you're absolutely right. And at that point, you just need to go, that's completely your choice and we understand and, and support what you what you want to do. So we're starting to obviously ease uh, lockdown a little bit now. So what does, I mean, it's a hard one, but what does planning for the future look like for for BOP at the moment or for you or for, for the young artists? What's, yeah, what's next? It's challenging. It's really challenging to work out what next because I mean, we really have no idea. However, what, basically what we are doing as, as a company is we're just trying to be as, as flexible as possible. And it's a funny thing because we are, as an organisation, we're, we're used to being flexible and working with what people need on an individual level. But it's quite an interesting thing to be responding to what um, people need on an individual level as disabled people, as but also as non-disabled people, as audiences, as artists, and also as, a, as the world, and as the Scottish theatre industry and the Scottish art sector, and there's, there are so many layers, it's quite tricky. But what we do have in this sort of pipeline is um, with Bop Young Artists, I think the next cohort, which the intake would be probably around May or June next year, um, we're hoping that that will be an in-person engagement. Uh, we are fully prepared for if it's going to not be that, if it is going to be digital again. And we're looking at, again, how we can use this as an opportunity, perhaps in a, in a different way to the way that we've worked with um, the current cohort who have just come on board. So there are other, other things that we can explore yeah, with those, those projects. And it's, it's difficult, especially planning theatre productions. It's really complex because theatre, I mean, in my opinion, theatre is not the same when you're not in the room with it happening. Mm -hmm. It's it's not that other formats are are inferior, they're just different. And I think that is that's totally okay for it to be different. But one of Bob's sort of main um, responses at the moment in terms of um, theatre performance is that we don't want to just be reacting. We want to respond and give, give it time to actually go, what is it that we want and need to be making or doing right now in order to benefit the wider sort of, the wider theatre sector and art sector and disabled community, not only in Scotland, but UK-wide. We're kind of coming to the end of our conversation now, so we always finish with a wee question that's just about you. So my question to you is, what does self-care look like for you at this time? 
it's a tricky one because actually being in lockdown has affected me apart from not getting to be in the space with people that I'm that I'm working with I've actually found lockdown really beneficial for me um, in terms of just work work-life balance which is very odd because you would I don't know think you would automatically expect that if you're working and living in the same environment that it would be more difficult to separate things out but for me I think actually working and living in the same in the same environment it allows me to be able to structure and compartmentalize more effectively I, I do I really benefit from taking a nap and I know that sounds it sounds such a silly thing because I know it's something that people say a lot of like oh just have have a nap um have a disco nap but I genuinely, if I don't have a nap in the middle of, or, or if I'm just finishing work, mm-hmm. I find it incredibly difficult to transition into time off in the evening if I don't have that time for just like Ooh. a 20 minute nap. And it's something that, that I don't think I would have, I wouldn't be able to integrate into my working day without having been in lockdown and actually experiencing that having that opportunity and make, being able to make that space for myself just go I need to I need to have a nap and I yeah it's having a medical condition where you need to like when your body needs to rest you just I just need to rest if if I'm in the office I mean we have quite with Bob we have quite a nice little cozy office but we don't have like we don't necessarily have a, a couch um, mm. or like a a bed to to sleep in and there's not there's not really a quiet space in the the building that we um residents in to to do that which is really interesting because it then it opens up questions about well when we when we are back in in an office environment or in in a working environment how do we use this time as a learning experience to create spaces for self-care mm-hmm. within our workplaces that brilliant note <laughs> um we kind of <laughs> come to the end of our we kind of come to the end of our time but thank you so much it's been so great to chat to you Morna and hear everything about what's been happening at BOP and we'll we'll all look forward to your to your world domination <laughs> yeah and definitely keep an eye out for for locked worlds the the performance um it'll be filtering all over all over the the web Thank you. Thanks so much. Have a great rest awesome. of your day. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Spotlight on the Sector. To get the latest episodes or catch up on season one, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can get more information on YTAS's work and find full transcriptions of every episode on our website at www.ytas.org.uk.